Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Dr. Robin, thank you for your patience. That's okay. Listen, I'm... I have none. No, but that was so um, powerful. I mean, I was, I mean, personally, I was, I just wanted to tell you, just keep running on and, and telling that, you know, really, it's so, it's so important. The truth, <laughs> uh, whether people want to hear it or not, is so important. And it's important to say it, even when people don't want to hear it, when they're not listening. So honestly, like, I just thought, just keep going. I mean, it's so important what you're talking about and what you're reading, what you're teaching. I'm, I mean, I'm, but I'm frustrated that he could call up Ice Cube's. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? what I mean, what? I read two pages of of, of right. sense, like actual yeah. research sense. Like what? Well, and I think the thing is, as you said, was he listening? Um, which he wasn't, or if he was listening, he wasn't, you know, I always say that people are usually talking or waiting to talk, which means we're never listening, you know, because if somebody's got there, he came in with his statement. I mean, he wasn't pondering, you know, if I'm listening, I can't be ready to jump on something because... <laughs> You know? right, save, save for the radio. Save for the radio, yeah, Doctor yeah, Robert. Know, before we get, how are you? You look bright and sunny, I'm and good, like you. Listen, I was trying to. I mean, I'm bright because I had to just pull my hair back. Because if you saw what I looked like a few minutes ago, I've been working, and um, I don't know if you saw the. I was going to text it to you. Uh, they announced peoplemag.com announced the book with Courtney. Our book. I'll no. send it. To you. Yeah, I'll send I it to you get now. A copy of it. What's Gilda doing? Okay. Yeah, well, no, it's no, they just announced it's not out until November. It's not okay. even, yeah, we have a lot still to do, All but right. um, yeah, yeah. But is it so, is it ready for pre order? Uh, yes, is that's what I'm told. Um, okay, now I'm gonna go look right now. Hold on, yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna send books. Let's go, Dr. Robin. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. The Invisible Ache. Black Thank men. Are yes. Come on through. Woo. Come on through. We're going to put yeah. out the thing. We're going to put out the, this is beautiful. Okay, we got to get the, yeah. While you're here, you might as well, let's get it going. Let's get yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre-orders going. Let's get this on. Tag Please. Equal card. It covers for fire. Uh, yeah, I love it. Okay. Ooh, ah, There's too many ridiculous people. No question. I mean, that's, and you really do, you just, you know, keep moving. And I think really to not take your time, I'm just sending this to you. Um, yeah, you're not going to use your air uh, and your airways to, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I can't, I, once, once I realize you aren't really trying to right. be convinced, you know, it, it's yeah. weird, you know, so much easier to get people to uh, buy a Ponzi scheme or <laughs> <laughs> or like a, a, a Doja coin or something right. than no, it is true. to get them to do something that actually could save their lives. No, it's incredible. Right. Karen, what's your, um, I just sent you, what's your, yeah, I mean, right. but we got five not, seconds. Yeah. That's this is Wellness Wednesday. Here's your host, Karen Hunter. Woo! Welcome back. Hottest show in the galaxy. It is Wellness Wednesday on the Karen Hunter Show. We are here on May 31st, which is the day that Black Wall Street burned. This is the day that uh, the, the whole town was decimated. It took 
two days firebomb from the air uh whole generations wiped out uh over rage fear and a whole lot of other things that we probably uh don't have enough time to talk about let me welcome to the show though she is um the host of the dr robin show right here on urban view uh every sunday at 11 a.m eastern yes 11 a.m eastern uh doing god's work and she's got a new book coming out in november with courtney b vance the invisible ache Black men identifying their pain and reclaiming their power. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, and I just love speaking with her because she's so reasonable. Dr. Robin, welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. I'm so happy to be here with you. You know, I I, I wait for these moments. I guess I'm, I'm going to tell the truth. I Because you're in my calendar always, the show is. So last week, it's usually, you know, they're usually four Wednesdays, not five. So listen, I had myself, not because your people, I just had my fourth Wednesday ready to go. And so uh, my, you know, beloved manager, Gilda Squire sent a message long before that saying, you know, are you good and everything? And I was like, yeah, it's already in my calendar. So, you know, I was all dressed with no, no place to go. Uh, uh, last I would have yeah. brought you on. Shoot. It's, no, no, I know that. No. Man, so, um, I, at least once a, a week, I, I question why I do this. <laughs> at least once a week now, and it's and it's getting it's getting to a place um, where I'm getting tired, you know. Um, and and I'm sure JC meant no disrespect or harm or anything, but I don't know what it is like to listen to something. And oh, I do because I, I used to be that person, I think, but I'm. I'm I'm trying to challenge myself to to see where I can get better or know more or so I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to talk to people that I don't agree with necessarily, but even that, like why don't I agree why don't I agree with you? So now I have like these these litmus tests in my mind. Um and it's sort of like the Hippocratic oath that doctors take do no harm. Like is, is your commentary and your movement doing harm or is it helping? Or is it agnostic? And if it's harming, then you get zero. Like, I'm not doing a back and forth, even though that would actually be great radio. You know, I think people live for the the moments, you know, where I'm going to ether somebody. I can do that at will, but it's like, is this helpful? You may get excited about, oh, my goodness, you destroyed that person verbally. But then what? How does that, that, now they're in their feelings, you know, and I'm never listening again. Okay, that's fine, too. But we don't progress. I didn't change their mind. And now yeah. I just got people who might have already been rah-rah, rah-rah. I, I feel like, are we trying to get there or do we want to be right? Do, you know, yeah. are, we, are we trying to get there, everybody, or do you just want to make your point? You ain't listen to anything. You, you know how I can tell? Because you came in with a story. You didn't say, you know what, what you said, what he said in, about the, the group, I get that. Like, couldn't even parrot back anything from this Michael Harriet thread, which was masterful. It was masterful, masterful. I told you during the break that as much as, of course, I want to come and do what we do, I just felt like as I sat here, I was being taught and challenged. And I felt like, Karen, just keep going. And listen, we'll do it next Wednesday because it's so important uh, for us to hear the truth and to be uncomfortable. You know, often I taught a diversity and family therapy course with 
um, the great Dr. Howard Stevenson, um, the brother of Brian Stevenson, and uh, Howard's his big brother, and he's a rock star himself. You've had um, them Dr. both on your show, too. I, I, I had them both on your show. When oh, I got, right. well, you filled in for me. That's yes, right. Yes, when I had I was the like, honor yes. and privilege. I mean, well, I had them it both. It was your on. show that day, though. Well, I was, no, it was your show, and I was just sitting in that, that big chair. Um, but I say that because Dr. Howard Stevenson uh, talks about when we would team teach this course. And by the way, we were teaching all clergy. So here you have people who are sure that they know. They are sure they know about God. They are sure they know about sin. They are so sure. And Howard and I used to say at the very beginning of the class, we expect you to be sufficiently uncomfortable and at times possibly even depressed. And they didn't know like, oh, what's going to happen in this course? You know, are they going to be yelling or screaming? It was none of that. We were going to be sharing the truth as we understood it. Um, I had some of the one year, we taught for about 15 years, um, Eastern Baptist Theological Seminary. And I had one class the first day that said, you know, um, we're just wondering if you're even a Christian. And I said, oh, that I love that. And they said, what do you mean? We just wonder, what do you believe? And I said, what's really important is how you feel about me, not knowing what I believe or what I don't and how you want to treat me or not treat me and how you, I mean, let's be uncomfortable wondering if there's a professor teaching in a seminary and you're not even sure if I'm a believer. And so they came to know me over time. They were not happy with that, um, not happy at all. But what I said to you is people are often talking or they are waiting to talk, which means, guess what? We're never listening. And how do we know if we've listened? Well, you talked about the person who just called didn't even parrot back. So I will ask people, whether it's in therapy or when I'm coaching and in companies, I'll ask the person, can you mirror back what your workforce has said about you as CEO or you as leader? And depending upon who the leader is, you know, who the person is, they either can say, you know, they said, I don't listen well. They said that I'm unfair, that I play favorites and or They'll say, I, I'm not sure what they said. What I know is I've tried and I've bent over backwards and they start going into their list or over their laundry list of what I call how good they are. And I'm always alarmed when people pull out the list to show and tell me in my own private life, it's alarming to me when you've not heard anything and all you're here to do is tell me that I'm wrong and you're right. And so it tells us how fragile we feel that we need to be right. I say this in Lies at the Altar, the truth about great marriages, that often couples get stuck because someone or both want to be right, not in relationship. And there's a huge difference between being in relationship with someone and being hungry to be right. Mm. 
being hungry. Let me let me give out the number. Uh, Dr. Robin Smith is here. Dr. Dr. Robin L. Smith is where you can follow her and drrobinsmith.com. 866-801-8255. Um, as you said that, I had to had to pause because we are in a nation of people who crave being right. So we mm-hmm. pick sides. Like, well, like, like this nation is a basketball game. Like, you know, I'm, I'm happy Miami won because I'm, I'm loving the story of Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra. And uh, I don't know anything about Denver cause I haven't followed them all year, but they beat the brakes off of my team, LeBron. So I've just, I, I said I'm dialing out, but I might peek in and look, you know, but you know, whoever wins, my life doesn't change, but there are people that will get into knockdown drag out fights over this game. Dr. Robin, as if their life depends on it, folk will burn your Jersey. If you don't, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's interesting to me, but this is how we're living. This is how our politics is playing out. And for me, it's not that serious. The Democrats, Republicans, is this person going to pass laws that are going to hurt me? Uh, not give us access to clean water, ruin our education system, ruin our air quality, all of us, right? Because I live in community and it's not just about me because unfortunately we breathe the same air. So if your air is bad, so is mine. Why do I want someone that wants coal in the air? Why would I? Oh, because they also are for, you know, restricting abortion. So that's more important to me. I don't want anyone to have an abortion, even though I've never had a coochie, a womb or fallopian tubes or nothing. I can never have a baby, but I'm very adamant about you not being able to get an abortion that's more important to me than clean air water and education okay now we have these these issues right and as black people we're not monolithic so guess what guess what you gonna put a contract for black america that serve all black americans and people have done this three four five times before <sighs> let's build on something like we don't even know how to do that and and we're fighting we're fighting yeah why well, we're competing uh and a lot of that is about our insecurity. I mean, it really, as you were talking about Tulsa, there's a great book by Hillary Beard and Tim uh, Magdigan, I think is his name, but Hillary Beard, they wrote a book called The Burning and it was about the Tulsa massacre. And Hillary is brilliant. Um, I know her, she's a great journalist and writer, uh, but to understand why Tulsa happened and why it happened, how it happened. And when I heard you reading uh, Michael Harriet's Twitter, some of that, that teaching, what I kept thinking about is because we're insecure, we do want to pretend that we've come up with like a new idea, you know, that we've come up with something that no one has ever thought about before instead of maybe we we're repackaging it and part of what you're saying is why can't we build on what worked i mean i love to think about how we get stronger i tell my my clients my patients this all the time and i tell myself this how i've survived hell was not uh like running away from it it was to keep uh making a decision daily about how I was going to repeat the same behavior, the same exodus behavior to get out. And eventually what happened is I started building critical mass, like strength and how we build strength. We learn to play the piano or speak a foreign language is repetition. 
we all know that repetition is what gets us in trouble. That's where our bad habits come. You know, eating ice cream late at night or doing whatever else folk are doing. And it's also where our strength comes from. So I loved when I heard you talking about repetition. Let me let me say, I have said, and the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So many times that I had to stop when he wrote that about Kobe Bryant and we could put Steph Curry in that category yeah. of somebody that takes an inordinate amount of shots to perfect the shot. And when he said that, I was like, duh. Like I, I felt stupid <laughs> that I've been repeating something because it sounded good until he gave me the evidence and he didn't do it once. He did it twice, three times. Cause that's, you know, how, how that works. And I was like, yes. And then it gave examples in civil rights. They didn't just go across the bridge and not come back. Yeah. They came back with more people. Okay. They got their heads knocked in again. All right. Now we're going to bring 10 times more people. We're not just going to boycott one day. We're going to yeah. boycott it 364 days. <laughs> They did mm-hmm. not take the bus. They didn't just right. do one or two days. They kept not getting on that bus until they got yeah. justice. And I thought I was like, wow, thank you. Because it just, it like, it like, it became clear. Yeah. And, and the yeah. desire to want to not just be right, but to examine everything that we think everything. we know, because we're living in a colonized world, speaking English we should be open to examining everything, especially everything. the things that have been beaten into us, whether we're talking mm-hmm. about God, definitely God. We should be absolutely questioning everything. It doesn't mean that you're questioning God or you're questioning your, no, it's strengthening your faith because if your God's so weak that you can't challenge your God or the things you've read about him, then, then, then yeah. why would you follow a weak God? Well, see, I think what you're talking about is we've made God in our image. So God is as anemic as we are. God is as fragile. God is, I mean, just so insecure. So when people say you shouldn't question God, and I'm like, where'd you get that from? Because even if you're looking at the traditional text in the Old and New Testament, it is full of people who were raising hell with God. I mean, they were upset. They were complaining. They were saying, this is unfair. You chose that person and not me. So this whole thing about not challenging, not questioning God, not questioning our parents. You know, I think I've said here on your show and certainly on mine, that it's like Santa Claus. You know, when little kids were told that there was a Santa Claus and you put milk and cookies and a whole bunch of stuff out and then the milk and cookies are gone and your presents are there and Santa Claus came down the chimney. Well, when you found out, some kids found out that Santa Claus isn't real, that the tooth fairy isn't real. I mean, there was devastation. I mean, kids fell out, you know, and they're, well, we're doing that as adults. We're like, I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to believe that this may not be true. What my parents and what my mom told me and pop up told me, I'm, that's what they told me. And it is the exact thing that white people are also holding on to. We were told that we were better. We were told that that black people were only three fifths human. So instead of questioning, how could, how could that really be? I'm just going to hold on blindly 
to things that are clearly a lie. Or, or find representatives of that thing, that thought that reinforces and then we reinforce it in media and then we reinforce it in music and then we reinforce it in all of the ways because we have the levers of control to do that. We'll talk about welfare queens and Willie Horton and we'll scare folk and then we'll reinforce Chicago being violent and even though Anchorage, Alaska is way more violent, we'll reinforce motherless homes and that's the problem in the black community and black people are stupid and this and that. We'll reinforce these things because now that allows us, God bless you, to continue to have these feelings, right? And and be yes. justified when Ahmaud Arbery gets shot to death or Breonna Taylor yeah. gets shot or when George Floyd loses his life and you can make fun and then raise millions of dollars for the perpetrators when a Jordan Neely can get choked to death. You justify it because, well, of course, they're not really valuable. They're, they're harmful to society. Look at how criminal they are. And you reinforce a lie because it makes you feel good. And I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or if it's just... 200 years of conditioning that allows even black folk, brown folk to Asians to parrot the same thing. Yeah, no, I think it is both. I mean, it's not either or, it's both and. It is what has been um, taught and habitually reinforced in the culture. And there are people who choose it because it the privilege. I mean, they, they see it as a privilege, not as a flaw, uh, and not as something that is systemically sick in them. And so this is part of the fight. You know, I said this about um, who's who's the senator in um, South Carolina, not Tim, Tim not him. Uh, Nikki, the, no, 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 no. Uh, Lindsey Graham. This is, yeah. this is, so this I said, is, you know, that if you, uh, Lindsey Graham has said many things that are, you know, untrue and detrimental. Yeah, problematic. But what's interesting is often he will also stand back after he's kind of put his finger down someone's throat and the vomit comes up. And it's kind of like, well, I didn't I didn't do that. And so I want us to to start thinking about who has their finger down your throat. I mean, you know, I mean, really, whose finger is down your throat? So that you are, you're doing the vomiting, you're doing the violence, you're doing the January 6th, but you don't realize that somebody put their finger down your throat and they're not going to prison, but you are, you know, they're not losing out in some ways, but you are. And so I really want us to be asking what you're saying, which is, do I have any curiosity about a world that is different than my own? I mean, any curiosity. And Karen, what we judge, we can't explore. So if I judge something or someone, I've cut off my ability to be curious and to explore it. And so judgment in this nation in particular is a part of, it's like we've covered our ears and said, I can't hear. You know, we've plugged our ears and said, I can't hear instead of I'm afraid to hear and I feel too weak to hear, but it's, it's more in line with, I really can't hear instead of, I don't want to hear. Mm. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Again, that, that's what these students were saying. You know, maybe you're not Reverend Dr. Robin, maybe you're not a Christian, 
because now if you're not a Christian, I can discount you. So Mm -hmm. what if I wasn't a Christian, whatever that meant to them? Would that mean that they needed to dismiss everything else I was saying? And the answer was for some of them, yes. Yes. Dr. Robin Smith, uh, the Dr. Robin show is on Urban View, Channel 126, Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, as as you were laying that out, I, I'm, I'm curious to know from you what it takes for people, because there's two things going on. Some of us suffer from an inferiority complex where we don't feel we're good enough at all. And then some of us are deluded into thinking we're good at everything that we're not, you know, and I feel like the delusional people are winning, you know, because the world actually favors that level of confidence when it makes no sense at all. So I'm, I'm, I feel like some of us are battling not stepping into their purpose and confidence and walking into the wor- world as enough. And then some people just feel like the world is mine. <laughs> I should be able to do all of these things. Even if I have no qualifications, I haven't read a single thing. I said, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a weird thing that's going on. And as you sit at the apex of this, you're like, uh, at the crossroads watching these two sides war and battle and play out. I, I wonder, you know, I wonder how we activate the confidence in people who need to have it and force folk in some kind of way to examine their own delusions about themselves and the world around them. Cause it's, it's killing us both. Things. It is. Killing. Yeah, no, it is. And, part of what you're talking about is the illusion, you know, that the addiction actually that people have to the illusion. I mean, it's an, it's an addiction uh, that the attachment is so strong because people don't know who they would be without the illusion. You know, what, 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 what would I be and who would I be? And, And so there is a holding on for dear life and the fight of a life, as you're saying, for their lives to protect the illusion. The other side of this is what about people who are incompetent in a particular area? That doesn't mean they don't have value. It doesn't mean they don't have competencies, but they're trying at times to run things or lead things where they really don't have the skill. And I think a piece of this, Karen, very much has to do with where is there room for everyone to participate and feel valued? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and that's the piece of this. Like if that person felt that there was a, a location for them to do something that made them feel good about themselves and maybe helpful to other people, that might be good enough. But when you feel, and when we see, as you said, on you know every place in the media, that everything that is glittering, you know, it's the bling, it's it's the projection, it's the fantasy about the illusion. Then people play into that, and they feel actually not good enough being who they are. And so I think a part of this is how do we, as a society, and how do we as Black people. Uh, create opportunities where people can see themselves as worthy and valuable. Mm. I mean, it's a big thing. Unworthiness. You want to talk about a soul disease. Mm. I mean, really to not feel worthy to breathe and be, um, to be stripped, to be lynched, to be castrated. I mean, you, they're something to prove. And so until we can create 
a space for people to have a sense of, of genuine identity, people are going to be drawn to the, the illusion. Mm. Dr. Robin, we have a couple of minutes left. Uh, the Invisible Ache, you're going to be on several times leading up to this book coming out in November. And family, I need need us. I need us to to do what we do. The pre-orders in publishing are important. Um, it is the thing that validates a bestseller, uh, the pre-orders. When the day it releases, all of the pre-orders count. So let's let's flood that. Uh, let's flood, flood, flood the back end, uh, the invisible ache. You can pre-order it now. The invisible ache, black men identifying their pain and reclaiming their power. It is available now. We'll drop a link on SXM urban view. Why, why this particular topic, the invisible ache? We, you know, we've talked to Courtney B. Vance on the show, as you have on your show. I think you, he was your first guest. Um, what, what is this book and why? Uh, because it is the antidote. Uh, it really is the antidote to much of what we see going in going on in society. And there has been not just no language, but there hasn't been a roadmap about how to extricate yourself as a black man or boy or the women who are raising them, uh, raising the, the sons, um, sometimes feeling as if they are raising um, their grown men. And so what does it mean to embody this Black body as a man and a, as a boy and feel worthy and entitled? You know, Courtney's father uh, 33 years ago died by suicide. Um, he was on Broadway, Six Degrees of Separation. His career was tremendous at the time. It's even better now. But and he got a call from his mother, you know, literally screaming that his father, you know, was dead and had taken his life. And so Courtney's journey, what this book is really about, it's about Courtney's, it's part memoir, and certainly a lot of self-help. But it's like Courtney and I are walking down a road and allowing people not just to hear his story and some of mine, but most importantly, to define their own. This is about a truth journey. You know, the lion story I've said here can never be known as long as the hunter is the one to tell it. And so this story, we hope in this book, we believe the invisible ache is going to invite people, black people in general, but black boys and men to have an identity that is unshakable, not for sale, that cannot be harmed or taken. And we're uh, and so I do invite everyone to do the pre-orders. Thank you for reminding people how important that is. But this book delivers; mm. it delivers. Well, we're gonna keep talking about it uh, next time you come on as well, which is next month. And uh, I appreciate your tireless work, not just on yourself, but on on the folk that that we are in community with. And I appreciate your heart, your 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 love, your energy. You are a national treasure, Dr. Robin. Thank you for being here today. Well, Thank you. You know, I love you. And thank you for having me here on the Karen Arthur show. You're important to me and you're important to the world. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Follow her y'all. And uh, at 11 o'clock on Sundays, tune in to 126. Actually never change 126. Keep the channel, like it on the app and all of that. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.